Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan Chapter 7, Part 3 I saw then that they went on their way to a pleasant river, which David the king called the River of God, but John the River of the Water of Life. Now their way lay just upon the bank of this river. Here, therefore, Christian and his companion walked with great delight. They drank also of the water of the river, which was pleasant and enlivening to their weary spirits. Besides, on the banks of this river, on either side, were green trees with all manner of fruit, and the leaves they ate to prevent surfeits, and other diseases that are incident to those that heat their blood by travel. On either side of the river was also a meadow, curiously beautified with lilies, and it was green all the year long. In this meadow they lay down and slept, for here they might lie down safely. Psalm 23.2, Isaiah 14.30 When they awoke, they gathered again of the fruit of the trees, and drank again of the water of the river, and then lay down again to sleep. Thus they did several days and nights. Then they sang, Behold ye, how these crystal streams do glide, to comfort pilgrims by the highway side. The meadows green, besides their fragrant smell, yield dainties for them. And he that can tell what pleasant fruit, yea, leaves these trees do yield, will soon sell all that he may buy this field. So when they were disposed to go on, for they were not as yet at their journey's end, they ate and drank and departed. Now I beheld in my dream that they had not journeyed far, but the river and the way for a time parted, at which they were not a little sorry. Yet they durst not go out of the way. Now the way from the river was rough, and their feet tender by reason of their travels. So the souls of the pilgrims were much discouraged because of the way. Numbers 21.4 Wherefore, still as they went on, they wished for a better way. Now a little before them, there was on the left hand of the road a meadow, and a stile to go over into it, and that meadow is called Bypath Meadow. Then said Christian to his fellow, If this meadow lieth along by our wayside, let's go over into it. Then he went to the stile to see, and behold a path lay along by the way on the other side of the fence. It is according to my wish, said Christian. Here is the easiest going. Come, good hopeful, and let us go over. Hopeful replied, But how if this path should lead us out of the way? That is not likely, said Christian. Look, doth it not go along by the wayside? So Hopeful, being persuaded by his fellow, went after him over the stile. When they were gone over, and were got into the path, they found it very easy for their feet. And withal, they, looking before them, espied a man walking as they did, and his name was vain confidence. So they called after him, and asked him whither that way led. He said to the celestial gate, Look, said Christian, did not I tell you so? By this you might see we are right. So they followed, and he went before them. But behold, the night came on, and it grew very dark, so that they that went behind lost the sight of him that went before. He therefore that went before, vain confidence by name, 
not seeing the way before him, fell into a deep pit, which was on purpose there made by the prince of those grounds, to catch vainglorious fools withal, and was dashed in pieces with his fall. Isaiah 9.16 Now Christian and his fellow heard him fall, so they called to know the matter. But there was none to answer, only they heard a groaning. Then said Hopeful, Where are we now? Then was his fellow silent, as mistrusting that he had led him out of the way. And now it began to rain, and thunder, and lighten, in a most dreadful manner. And the water rose amain. Then Hopeful groaned in himself, saying, Oh, that I had kept on my way! Who could have thought that this path should have led us out of the way? said Christian. I was afraid on it at the very first, and therefore gave you that gentle caution. I would have spoke plainer, but that you are older than I. Good brother, replied Christian, be not offended. I am sorry I have brought thee out of the way, and that I have put thee into such imminent danger. Pray, my brother, forgive me. I did not do it of an evil intent. Be comforted, my brother, for I forgive thee, and believe, too, that this shall be for our good. Christian replied, I am glad I have with me a merciful brother, but we must not stand here. Let us try to go back again. But, good brother, said Hopeful, let me go before. No, replied Christian, if you please, let me go first, that if there be any danger, I may be first therein, because by my means we are both gone out of the way. No, said Hopeful, you shall not go first, for your mind being troubled may lead you out of the way again. Then for their encouragement they heard the voice of one saying, Let thine heart be toward the highway, even the way that thou wentest. Turn again. Jeremiah thirty-one twenty-one. But by this time the waters were greatly risen, by reason of which the way of going back was very dangerous. Then I thought that it is easier going out of the way when we are in than going in when we are out. Yet they adventured to go back, but it was so dark and the flood was so high that in their going back they had like to have been drowned nine or ten times. Neither could they, with all the skill they had, get again to the stile that night. Wherefore at last, lighting under a little shelter, they sat down there till the day break, but being weary, they fell asleep. Now there was, not far from the place where they lay, a castle, called Doubting Castle, the owner whereof was Giant Despair, and it was in his grounds they now were sleeping. Wherefore he, getting up in the early morning and walking up and down in his fields, caught Christian and Hopeful asleep in his grounds. Then with a grim and surly voice he bid them awake, and asked them whence they were, and what they did in his grounds. They told him they were pilgrims, and that they had lost their way. Then said the giant, You have this night trespassed on me by trampling in and lying on my grounds, and therefore you must go along with me. So they were forced to go, because he was stronger than they. They also had but little to say for they knew themselves in a fault. The giant, therefore, drove them before him, and put them into his castle, into a very dark dungeon, nasty and stinking to the spirits of these two men. Here, then, they lay, from Wednesday morning till Saturday night, without one bit of bread, or drop of drink, or light, or any to ask how they did. 
They were, therefore, here in evil case, and were far from friends and acquaintance. Psalm 88.18 Now in this place Christian had double sorrow, because it was through his unadvised counsel that they were brought into this distress. Now Giant Despair had a wife, and her name was Diffidence. So when he was gone to bed, he told his wife what he had done, to wit, that he had taken a couple of prisoners, and cast them into his dungeon for trespassing on his grounds. Then he asked her also what he had best do further to them. So she asked him what they were, whence they came, and whither they were bound, and he told her. Then she counseled him that when he arose in the morning he should beat them without mercy. So when he arose, he getteth him a grievous crab-tree cudgel, and goes down into the dungeon to them, and there first falls to rating of them as if they were dogs, although they gave him never a word of distaste. Then he falls upon them, and beats them fearfully, in such sort that they were not able to help themselves or to turn them upon the floor. This done, he withdraws, and leaves them there to condole their misery, and to mourn under their distress. So all that day they spent the time in nothing but sighs and bitter lamentations. The next night, she, talking with her husband further about them, and understanding that they were yet alive, did advise him to counsel them to make away with themselves. So when morning was come, he goes to them in a surly manner as before, and perceiving them to be very sore with the stripes that he had given them the day before, he told them, that since they were never like to come out of that place, their only way would be forthwith to make an end of themselves, either with knife, halter, or poison. For why, said he, should you choose to live, seeing it is attended with so much bitterness? But they desired him to let them go. With that he looked ugly upon them, and rushing to them, had doubtless made an end of them himself, but that he fell into one of his fits for he sometimes in sunshiny weather fell into fits, and lost for a time the use of his hands. Wherefore he withdrew, and left them as before to consider what to do. Then did the prisoners consult between themselves whether it was best to take his counsel or no. And thus they began to discourse. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right. <laughs>